Sibling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Hey everyone, welcome back to Worthy of Recognition, where this month I sit with one of our best powerful friends, someone whose schedule I've seen and he's not busy. <laughs> he's not busy at all, folks. It is the new Admiral over at Talk Star Wars. It is Rob Wade. How you doing, sir? Hello there. Hello. Man, congratulations, first of all, and happy belated birthday. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. The time of recording, it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Belate, it's not that belated, but you did send out a very nice tweet. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was very touched. I got a lot of uh, nice birthday wishes yesterday. You know, well, from Skype all the, told me. All, I was like, oh. Is it really the Admiral's birthday? So I, I programmed a little tweet and went to bed. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's all I asked. <laughs> everything good? Yeah, great. You know, understandably, everything is pretty chaotic and there's a lot going on right now, but it's it's the good kind of chaos where there's a lot of possibilities in front of me and a lot of opportunities and stuff. Good problems to have. Yeah, it's, you know, it makes a nice change because usually I'm, I'm sort of lumbered with the bad kind, but this time it's... Uh, you know, lots of open space in front of me and I can shape it any way I want, which is a nice feeling to have. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, you've always been a big part of the community anyway, but now to mm. have you at the fore of, of TSW was really nice. I mean, it goes without saying that we all miss Mark dearly. Of course. But it's yeah. not like he moved to Mars. Like he, we can always contact him at any point. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you know, I, I keep saying the Supreme leader is dead long live the Supreme leader. But he's not. <laughs> actually dead it's just a it's, it's just a it's just a quoted line from a film <laughs> yeah that's, that's all it is folks yeah from yeah, a skinny pasty fine. guy exactly yeah really and, and you know i'm doing my best but the tanning is not easy in the uk <laughs> <laughs> so i've heard mm. so now that you're you're steering the, the boat there at tsw um you there's a lot of plates spinning on top of what you've got going at e14 um, yeah <laughs> I'm laughing because I think of my own good problems to have, and it's like, ah, somebody now, now there's, there's yet another person who who gets it. Oh um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm very sympathetic to the position of too much good stuff going on. Yeah, and it's like, like we we do this whole podcast thing, and it's so addictive and so fun, and we say yes to everything. Yes. Whenever there's a possibility, ooh, podcast. I don't know what why oh, I don't know why cool. we say yes, yeah. but we do. Sounds cool. Yes, count me in, and then you go. But what have I done? <laughs> What have I signed up for? Yeah, exactly. But it gives us an opportunity today to uh, to hang out a little bit, to catch up, yeah. and uh, get to the core of your Star Wars story, man. I haven't we haven't oh. done this in a while. No, this is true. It's been a long time since I've been a tumbling saber guest as well. So uh, last time was probably celebration, I guess. Hey, man, want to come on our podcast soon? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> One of our f patented four hour chats in the middle of the of the weekend. Oh, you know me, man. You know, it, the, the trick is getting me to shut up. Unless it's just me by myself, as I learned during the recording of the latest talk Star Wars, which is uh, eloquent in its brevity. <laughs> it's it's the worst, man. I've done a couple on my own, and it's like, you're talking to yourself. There's no sounding board. There's no feedback on, on your opinion. Yep. And you're just like, uh, okay, then. Yep. That, that's exactly it. it was It's half an hour of me just going... Well, this is the news, and that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, upwards and onwards, right? 
Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it was an anomaly in the sense that people, you know, there's a mix of people not being available for like family illness and stuff, and these things happen, and you can't really, you just have to roll with the punches. And one thing I didn't want to do was not do a show because I, I want there to be. I want there to. I know people expect chaos in the aftermath of Mark moving on, but um, I want there to be a certain amount of chaos that they don't have to worry about. So there being a show should not be one of them. That should be. Uh, that should be a given, even if it's short. Which and, it even, is. and even if it's different, there's going, yeah, there's going to be a styled stylistic differences. There's going to be structural changes that should be expected. I don't think anybody's going to expect. Uh, to tune into TSW and get the same thing back. There's, it's it's no. it's led by a new personality now. Yeah, and if nothing else, there's no intro and outro music because I haven't done those yet. So there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of differences. You know, it's it's a very very it's a much drier experience for now. I'm hoping to fix this as I go along, but uh, you know, like I say, it's it's exciting. There's a lot of potential there, and I really do, you know I wouldn't have taken it on if I didn't think there was there was an opportunity to make a big you know, make good changes and uh, at the same time continue the stuff that Mark has done well. Hey man, I'm looking forward to it. I've I've been a TSW listener since since almost day one, I think. Yeah, and, likewise uh, for Tumping Saber, actually, because I think I started listening to you guys just after I started writing into TSW, and that was just before I joined. It was, you know, I think early, we launched, early when, I, when I hear Mark tell his story about how he, he fired up TSW, I think in October of 2015, I want to say. That sounds right. That's when I fired up uh, tumbling saber yeah and it's like we were just we hadn't known each other yet we'd never even made any contact at all yeah but it was like we were moving at the same pace and i think we launched our first podcast like within days yeah. of each other yeah and i think by january of 2016 or february of 2016 we we were in in touch hey nice to meet you yeah history that sounds right because january would have been my when i started doing the show so that would be about right and then and, yeah. here I, and look look at us now. Look at us grow. Yeah. Look at this. Both got, our own, both got our own respective media empires, and uh, you know, next to no free time to do anything else. Suck it, Howard Stern. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's let's get into this. Let's uh, let's get into your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars. I don't know the UK equivalent of, of the Mount Rushmore. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know that we have one to be honest. I asked Ads, I and have... he kind of gave me the same answer. He's like, ah, no. <laughs> we just we've separated all our statues out across london they're all you know the idea is you have to run the gamut before you see them all i guess but you know there's there's famous faces you can you can associate with with the uk because obviously we've got them on our money um the royal family and stuff i suppose maybe that would be it but then that's not really historical i guess you have to go back in time a little bit yeah i suppose and some of them you know some of them are, have been around a long time so there's that about them they've they've lived through these things Rather well, than just the good, the good news is we have astute listeners and they get the the general idea by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, I've noticed that there's never a shortage of people looking to give me a well. Actually, this is the, this is the reality of it. So I'm sure I'll get a wave of corrections on Twitter. So I'm, I welcome those. <laughs> Who would have guessed in the in the age of the internet, people giving you the, the wagging the finger? Actually, yeah. I'm. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm fine with it. Where I the only time it annoys me is when I'm I know I'm absolutely right and I'm still being corrected by people who have no idea what they're talking about. But it's it's thankfully rare because I rarely have any idea what I'm talking about. Yep, likewise. <laughs> you just you just have to sound like you know. Oh, I'm I'm adept at this. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's number of people. That's, I think that's the golden rule of talk radio is just to sound like you know what you're talking about. 
yeah, the number of people who come back who come back to me and say like, oh, you know, I really, they come back into the show with like via email or something, and they say, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, Rob strikes me as a really knowledgeable guy. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that is not what I'd have taken away. From I've, I've done it. I've made Boom. it. <laughs> Deception achieved. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always gratified by it, but it is it does surprise me how mu- how much people seem to defer to my knowledge on this stuff and I really wouldn't. I definitely you know, I'd always double check just because sometimes I'm not 100% convinced I'm correct as I say it. I I remember, boy, this is going back like a dozen years, maybe more. And I lived with a roommate and he was with James at the time. He was hanging out with James and okay. they were having some kind of chat about He-Man. I guess right. they were fell down a nostalgic rabbit hole. And I was at, I was at in our apartment by myself. It was like I think it was a Saturday night, and I get a phone call from from my roommate, and he goes, "Hey, dude, I'm sitting here with James. I can't. We can't figure out. We can't remember the name of um, He Man's cat. <laughs> you remember the big green cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody knows it's Battle Cat. Yes. But what was his docile name? Oh man, he's got some sort of name that implies cowardice, doesn't it? Yes. And it, st- oh. it starts with a C. So you're right on cringer. the right track. It's Cringer or something. Yes! It's Cringer. Yeah. Oh, nice. There you go. It means something else nowadays, but <laughs> way back. So I-, I thought about it for a bit. I'm like, oh, I think it's Cringer, man. Cringer. And so he, he told James, yeah, it's Cringer. And they're like, we, yeah, yeah. we knew we had to call you. I'm like, I, just, I just had to sound <laughs> confident in, that, in giving you that answer. Yeah, just reassure that that because a lot of the time you you ask somebody something and occasionally you you know what they you know the answer but you just it it won't come to you and all you need is for somebody to either say it or start saying it and your brain will suddenly go that's the one yes the one he just said now now the real trick is is that I, I don't know I, this one I don't know on for either yeah. account I don't know the name of Skeletor's purple cat or it's if there is a docile name for it I have no Do idea you know I've forgotten he even had a cat. He's got. He's got a, just, a I always beautiful associate purple him one. as being. Yeah, I always associate him as being a kind of just a, a just a dude who doesn't need one. You know, he's just one of those guys. But no, you're right. He absolutely did, and I, I, I'm completely blank on it. I'm putting a challenge out there to people listening. Name it. <laughs> no googling. Yeah, do it. <laughs> All right. I'm I can glad. think of a few people who probably do know the answer. To be honest. Uh yeah, I probably know a couple that might know it. Three. Yeah, two or three off the top of my head who I could I could imagine might know it. Like somebody like Rob Williams seems like the kind of guy who would go, "Oh, I can't believe you guys didn't notice this." You twits. Yeah, he'd be nice about it because he's Rob Williams, but you know, it, it, I feel like he would know. And if he we'll doesn't see. know, then Anil knows. Yes, somebody. You're right. Somebody on Gen X Wing knows that answer. Yes, I like if it's, anybody, it's an etched in their brains, and they cannot believe that we don't know this. One of my emotionally fourteen colleagues might know as well, actually. Seems like the kind of thing again that maybe Brad or Blake might know. I don't know. If, we'll if see. If this was not the age of the internet, we could make a contest out of it. But I don't trust people could, not to yeah, Google it. And then, and then true, yeah. sound confident in saying, "No, I did not Google that." Yes, oh, well, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, you Bing. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look it up on Google on the internet. You used Bing. That's very clever. Loophole. Little loophole. Yeah. There you go. Corey will come out with it. Corey is slippery shit. All right, we've 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 <laughs> delayed this long enough. All right, language, <laughs> honestly. Okay, Rob, hit us with the first name on your list. Okay, so my first uh, off the top of my head is my dad. Um, so my my dad's is one of those people. When I think back on Star Wars, up until the Last Jedi, actually maybe Rogue One, 
up until Rogue One, he and I had seen every Star Wars film at the cinema together. Every single one. So we'd been to see the reissues of the original trilogy in 97. And then we saw Phantom Menace together. We saw Attack of the Clones together for our sins. And we saw Revenge of the Sith. And so desperate was I to see it with him. I was abroad at the time. I was living in France as part of my university course. And Revenge of the Sith came out while I was away. And I had to wait three weeks until I got home before we could go and watch Revenge of the Sith. And by the time we got back to you know, being able to see it, I think it had already been reduced down to one screen with like two showings, maybe three showings a day. So I, I, I cut it fine because that wow. was an important thing for me. Yeah. So, you, well, I mean, I guess you already knew the big spoiler, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we'd built up to that for some time and I was already sufficiently interested in Star Wars that I was even thinking about things they could throw into the story in that time based on the Legends canon stuff I'd read and the things I was aware of happening in that time period. So I'd, I had an I'd, I had some inkling of where the story could go. What we got was very different from what I was expecting. But at the same time, I still love that movie very much. Very much. Yeah, it's in my top. I think it's in my. It's definitely in my top half. It might even be in the top two or three. Uh, it's in my top and my half dad, as well. Yeah, me and my dad saw uh, Force Awakens together. Uh, Rogue One, I don't believe we got a chance. We got to see Thor Ragnarok last year, so that was the last one we went to see together. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see Last Jedi. So my dad lives abroad himself now, so he's away more than he is here. So, you know, it's not something we can do anymore, but it's very much a, a sort of a thing of the past, thing of my past that I remember very vividly is that me and him would go to every single movie together at some point in its release. That's really nice, man. Yeah, and uh, funny enough, when we were, we went to see Phantom Menace, and we I was so excited for this film i was about 14 15 and we went to see it and we saw it in the the cinema we went to had this thing at the time called the deluxe screen which was you know comfortable seats at the time it was this kind of concept was very unusual at the time comfortable seats snacks during the show and you know there was a drink service and things like that and it was uh 20 pounds a ticket which at the time was about three times the normal price of of a movie ticket and we paid it, and we were sat so close to the screen that the pod race was very, very uncomfortable to watch because it was just so immersive on a, a very alarming scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can totally imagine that you're just your eyeballs are just completely overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we we we've been to see everything up until Force Awakens at least once together, um, and we do you know we do talk about the movies after we've seen them now even after we even though we don't see them together we still you know whenever i see him if he's if he's seen a new star wars movie we'll have a pretty long conversation about it and we had a lot of discussion about last jedi because obviously that's quite there's a lot to discuss there there depending sure is you, depending on your take on the movie and you and i have done this discussion with uh, the san diego sabers radio podcast way back when and that was probably my favorite discussion i've ever had about last jedi i would have uh, to concur yeah, that was a really good, really good chat. Uh, but yeah, me and my dad had a good one. Me and my sister have had a good one. Um, spoilers, she's, you know, remember that name. <laughs> this is foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, my, yeah, my dad is, is the first name that comes into my head when I, t- when I think of, you know, when I think of Star Wars and my sort of experience of it. Plus, when, we, when I was a kid, I'm going to end up talking about my dad for like an hour, but, you know, um, apologies in advance. Sorry, not sorry. But we used to... <laughs> You know, when I was a kid, we were looking for like the action figures, the vintage stuff. And I've long since got rid of that stuff, unfortunately. But you know, when I was younger, me and my dad would go to boots, boot fairs and, you know, garage sales, the equivalents of 
for you know every week looking for you know little bargains and little gems in the vintage sort of on the toy stands and things like that and i had a decent collection of vintage stuff i got some of the kenner power of the force stuff where they all look like they've been hitting the juice uh, <laughs> didn't oh, didn't God. pick up so much yeah didn't pick up so much of the uh of the fact the phantom menace and beyond stuff i think by that point i was kind of mid-teens so i was starting to lose interest in action figures and i picked up video games more and more so i had a lot of video games in star wars realm as well and uh in the same way my dad was very much an enabler of allowing me to play those games because if we realized that the computer missed didn't have the right operating system or was missing a part you know he would he would go out of his way to you know as soon as he could afford to because it's this one of those things i feel a little bit bad about looking back is you know i made my dad spend a lot of money he probably didn't need to but yeah, that's kids <laughs> yes yeah, that's kids for you right uh but we used to, have, you know, every time our computer got an upgrade, it was usually because I needed I needed it to play some sort of game, uh, you know, some usually a Star Wars game because that was really my my bag more than anything else. So he's like a huge fixture of my childhood with regards to Star Wars. Just he just has to be, you know. Yeah, I, I've always I don't know where if I, you know, I've I've never interviewed myself on this show. <laughs> um, I, I that don't would know. be meta weird. It would be so weird. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I would slot my parents or if I would, you know what I mean? And that's not to besmirch them, but I like they must get a certain amount of credit because they are the ones that introduced me and my brother yeah. to Star Wars. So that's mm -hmm. a big deal there. Uh, and they're also the ones that bought us Star Wars toys growing up. And, and it's those things that, that got us hooked into the franchise. So they do have to get credit for that. But by the same token... There's no memories really associated to those purchases other than Christmas morning. I opened up, I got an A-Wing. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, it, like I say, this is more, I guess the reason it's different for me is because with, you know, it was my dad would kind of spur me and help me find this stuff. Cause he understood enough about it. He'd been to see a new hope, I think seven times at the cinema when it came out in 77 so he was, you know, he was a he was a fan. By no stretch of the imagination was he not a fan when he was younger. So when I was when we were kids, me and my sister, we had the VHS copies, and we wore, you know, we almost wore those out before the DVDs and the Blu-rays and so on. But you know, went back when you could wear things out through overplaying. Yeah, <laughs> we had for sure. uh, we had the VHS copies of the original trilogy that we used to watch exhaustively. Uh, and like I say, my dad was a was a big fan growing up, so. You know, it was something that he very much got was encouraging us to be into. So, you know, he has, like I say, he has to be a high on my list for that reason. And even now, you know, me doing all this talk Star Wars stuff, he's always supportive. He's always asking how it's going because uh, he's a friend of Mark's from, you know, from years back. So he knows Mark and he knows obviously how I get on with Mark. And so he's on board with all of it. So he's, you know, he's very supportive even now in my 30s. That's really cool, man. You know, my, my, yeah, my parents, all, it's always like a passing thing. You, you podca podcasting? How's that going? Good? Okay, next topic. Yeah, that's cool. That's, it's, a, it's like a radio show. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do yeah. you talk? How do you, what is there to talk about every week? Yeah. If oh, you'd be in my case. Only you knew. Yeah, well, typically, uh, just after I finished, I wrapped the uh, episode 118 of Talk Star Wars, which will have been out for a while by now. Um John Favreau's news dropped about his series. Oh, come on. It's like a half hour later. I was like, let me have this. <laughs> it would have made my life so much easier this week. But no, apparently I had to hold that back just enough. Just, just yeah. Enough All you needed was like another hour or two to, to work it into the show. 
Exactly. You know, that would have been fine. But they put him there right? right at the wrong moment. Yeah, this is it. They just they don't think of they don't think of the UK when they do these news cycle stuff, man. That's, it's we're just not on the right time zone for this to get yeah. the, to get scoops. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny, my dad, he's not really a fan of, whatever he knows of Star Wars, he knows because of Corey and I, Yeah. but he does tell the story of, uh, in 77, when Star Wars hit, and he, he knew about it because it was, it was everywhere, and it was a big story in the news, and guys at, at the office would be talking about this movie excitedly, and what's it about, and my dad's like, what, what is this Star Wars thing? Ah, oh, it's these things with spaceships, and lightsabers, and this magical power, and my dad was just like, I don't think that sounds like it's for me. Yeah. And so he never went to see it in the in its original run. Mm. But if only he knew <laughs> what, yeah. what would have happened, yeah. what's going to happen a yeah. few years later when you show this to your unborn kids, uh, it's it's going to be their downfall. <laughs> <laughs> downfall such a strong word for it. I prefer to think of it as orchestrated destruction. <laughs> Organized chaos. How about that? Yeah, that works. That sounds like my life. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. So dad's on the list. Who's next yes. on the list? Uh, in a similar vein, I'm keeping it uh, in the family and Sam, my sister, Sarah. Um, so growing up, you know, as a fan, she was also a equally big fan. And we, we just spent so much time playing Star Wars and talking about it and watching it together and, you know, we had the games and so she'd watch me play the games or, you know, we'd play the game. Some of the games we were able to play together, but not that many. So, and I still retain to this day fond memories of, um, she used to put lyrics to some of the John Williams music in uh, Super Return of the Jedi. So we had the Super, <laughs> Nintendo, we had the Super Nintendo, we had the whole trilogy and Super, Super Return of the Jedi was the only one I ever finished because the other two were really, really, really hard. <laughs> Those games yeah. were so hard. They're ridiculously hard. Oh and my God. Jedi was Jedi was the only one I managed to finish. Um and I was what and she would put lyrics to some of the songs and sing them while I was playing the game. And even though it should have annoyed me, I don't know why, but it really entertained me endlessly. So I don't know if that was part of the reason I finished the game, but it was certainly the reason I persevered with playing because I got to, you know, have some fun times with my sister. And my sister playing video games is one of my favorite things to watch. She is hilarious when she does it. And it's, if I could record it with, you know, any degree of professionalism, I would, because I think the world would, it would entertain the world. No end to watch her play <laughs> something like a, something like a Skyrim or a similar kind of big scale, epic role-playing game. She, she gets really sucked into the world and she really, but at the same time, she's got this wonderful Deadpool style fourth wall, um, sense of humor so she spends a lot of time just mocking relentlessly these things these silly things that are going on in these games that's awesome and yeah she's she's just great you know she's you, you're lucky if you I, I think you you're lucky if you're when you get to an being an adult you're you're close with your siblings because it's easy when you're teenage you know when one of you's a teenager and the other one's growing up it's it's easy to fall out to a degree where when you're older you're desperate to get shot of each other and when i think when you're both teenagers around the same time, it's probably twice as hard, but me and my sister have just always been close. We've always had that kind of similar, let's say simple, similar sense of humor. And, you know, we see the world differently, but at the same time, we're both, we have a similar kind of personality that it doesn't really matter that much. We can still kind of, uh, commune quite, quite, uh, you know, enjoyably. And we have a lot of fun together. And I say for star Wars purposes, it's playing with the figures, playing the games, watching the movies, 
she came to see Force Awakens with me and my dad. Um, didn't get a chance to see Rogue One with her, but you know, we again we have these really good conversations about films and all that stuff. And she's just one of my favorite people in the world, no question. Nice. So she has to go. On, she has to go on my on my mount. So that is, she, that you know, is, that's to... fair enough. And, and you're right what you say about like it's it's easy to kind of grow apart a little bit and and have some distance between each other. Because once my parents moved away, um, you know, Corey was was living in one place, I was living in another, and we we could go weeks without even speaking. Yeah, there were times where I wouldn't see him, and it, like my parents wouldn't even speak to him. And our, my grandmother was in town. She's like, "Where's your brother?" I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> probably where I left him. You know, like, he's probably, probably out with his friends, or he's at home. Where, yeah, can you go check on him? And they would literally make me leave my apartment to drive a half hour or forty minutes. Can you just yeah. go see if he's just drive by and see if he's there? Like, we, yeah. we haven't heard from him in, in a really long time. Mm. But now that we're podcasting together, like, we're in touch virtually every day. Yeah. And I, I have, you know, we have this, these insights into each other's lives. And I'm sure my just for that, I'm sure my parents are happy that we're doing this. Yeah, totally. I think it's, you know, these these sorts of things are great to to bring people together and now that we have this digitally connected world where you and I can converse live and we're both in our respective rooms right now communicating via the web in our There's lavish such... studios. Exactly, in these really elaborate studios and these are you know desperately expertly furnished and kitted out to the max. <laughs> I'm definitely not uh propping up my MacBook Air on a storage unit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the microphone in the drawer. I am certainly not at a bedside table wrapped no. uh, with wires and being assaulted by a cat right here. No, exactly. I thought I saw a cat. I thought I saw a, the ends of a tail. Yeah. <laughs> there she is. It's gorgeous. God. Hi, kitty. She Bye, assaults kitty. me during every episode of the podcast. She'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. The cats. They're like that. We can't. <laughs> we can't have cats where we live. But uh, I'm. I know we would if we could. But you know, just because of Jen. She likes her cats. So, yeah, I, if we, I inherited. If we could have one. Yeah, if we could have one, we would. But uh, the building we live in doesn't allow pets because it's a uh, apartment block. And we're on the second floor. And it's not really that kind to forbid a cat the freedom to go outside and jump out of windows without breaking <laughs> up its legs. <laughs> I think that's fair enough, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So your sis do you, does your sister collect like, did you guys share any any type of hobbies that you would, that would make you guys just want to claw each other's eyes out? No, not really. I mean, we we sort of collected together to a point. Um, you know, when we when it was when we were kids, it was very much you know we're buying these toys for both of you. It's like they know, realistically, they know one of one of the one of the siblings is going to get far more use out of it than the other. But they there would always be this sense of, you know we, this is a toy that's everybody you know everybody can play with this is a this is a house this is a toy for the for the kids not just for one not, not just for rob or not just for sarah you know it's it's very much it was always kind of done with that in mind but we we did bond on a few bits and pieces she's not really a big collector certainly not to the same degree as me her collection seem tends to be uh dvds and movies okay. she has a big big collection of movies uh her uh fiance my brother and my brother-in-law to be is a huge uh video game collector and i've seen stuff in his shelves i didn't even know was a thing uh it's because he's gone out of his way to import them from various different markets and locales and it's it's a collection i'm very much in awe of like a minnesota dump yeah kind of you know <laughs> all that all that one space in uh, um nevada where et was buried or wherever the is that what it was, was nevada uh, yeah there was, was a nevada dump or somewhere arizona where all the atari yeah. games were how, yeah. how does, i don't even know how that happens like how does 
how do you pinpoint in a dump where video games yeah. buried 30 years well, ago must be? It, t- it took 30 years to find it, so clearly it's not that not that straightforward. But they, yeah, somewhere in somewhere in the desert, I, I'd say it was either Nevada, Arizona, somewhere like that. There was a there was a hole dug in the ground, and millions of copies of ET, specifically ET, were were buried underneath it because they produced far more than they would ever dream of selling. And I don't know what the motivation was. I do recall reading something about it, but I don't remember what the motivation was. I'm hoping, I'm guessing they thought it was a system seller and it was going to shift so many more Ataris that they would be able to shift through the stock eventually. But they, they out, they out produced by about, I want to say like 10 to one or 20 to one versus how many systems were on the, you know, were out there currently. And it was just not a good game. So it didn't sell. (laughs) So, you know, they ended up burying a large volume of them. So he he's not quite that bad because his stuff is, you know, it's confined to their house and it's uh it's different games as well. It's not just the same one multiple times. Although I have there's certain bits of the house I haven't I haven't double checked, so maybe that's not always the case. But he has all the retro systems as well. So, you know, the Nintendo 64, Dreamcast, all that stuff, which in television uh, not quite that far back. <laughs> I think he goes as far back as maybe uh, NES or Mega, uh, Master System era. I okay. think that's as far back as he's gone. But he's got a fair few systems in his in his spare room. Um, I don't know if it's depressing to you that it's that these systems are now considered retro when they're, they're in my lifetime. A little you know? bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. It's one of those markers where, yeah, my my Sega Master System is now thirty years old. Yeah. Oh God! Oh yeah, that's it's really you know ridiculous to think that that's the kind of stuff where it's still lying. I'm sure mine's still lying around somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it's still it might it might need some TLC to function, but it's probably still capable of functioning. Actually, even, even the Genesis thing. is 30 years old now. Oh man, really? I think maybe damn. next year it's going to be 30. Oh damn! Oh boy! <laughs> oh, boy. Wow! God. Okay. Uh, that's good yeah that's that's a invitation to depression right there so let's let's plow ahead (laughs) so dad and sister sarah are on the list yes who's next so third face uh is a friend of mine named brad harmer barnes i know that guy Uh, yeah you've heard him mentioned before he's a a friend of mine he's been my friend for i think 13 years this year in fact and one of the key things we bonded over was was our mutual love and admiration for Star Wars to the point where we would uh, swap Legends books back and forth, and you know we would share ideas for where stories could go and how we would do it different, you know, not differently, but how we would do a story in that space and where we would take the story from there. So much so that um, back when I was uh, an aspiring stand-up comedian in my youth, um, Brad similarly so that's how we met we performed a show which was 90 minutes or so which was entirely star wars themed wow and it was all just you know it was that kind of documentary comedy style you know you'd have a powerpoint behind you and you'd you'd, it'd be a mix of pre-prepared comedy routines and riffing and audience participation and it was entirely star wars themed every single bit yeah it was it was a ton of fun and you know i can't do a Mount Rushmore of Star Wars without him included being included in that because that whole era, that whole period of doing you know stand up and performance, and he and I are beginning to be kind of 
collaborators was a, a huge part of w- making me what I am now, which is entirely overworked. <laughs> <laughs> but the big question here, is there a yes. recording of that performance? Uh, it's, it's entirely possible. Ooh. I seem to recall stumbling across the PowerPoint a while ago. And uh, it's very it's very rudimentary to look at, but uh, it is, you know, it's pretty entertaining. There's a really crummy Photoshop of me in a in the Princess Leia gold bikini uh, <laughs> to bring people to uh, ignite people's attention after the break and into the second half. Um, and it definitely did the job because it took a few seconds for some people to cotton on to what was going on on that screen. But once we once we once they saw it, we had them enwrapped. There was no way they were looking away. So like, what the hell's <laughs> happening next? <laughs> If this is like how they open the second half, what's next? I, I, I think I see the future of Talk Star Wars here. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Let's you polish. Know. Let's polish this apple, baby. Let's get this thing yes. back on the in the six, channel six here. Cells, right? Maybe you can <laughs> if you just if you see a T Public uh, image come up that just looks like a gold bikini layer, maybe just maybe just stay clear. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the special one in one thousand Rob Wade gold. Yeah, bikini. this is true. Yeah, this is it. You know, it's a numbered for exclusivity kind of thing. You know, we're only going to make three of these. And believe me, you'll, you'll be grateful when we do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like I say, that, that era of kind of performance and collaborating and working together and writing together is one of the reasons I am where I am now. And this is one of the reasons why when people, when I was thinking about the future of Talk Star Wars, he's a name that I'm keen to get into the mix because if there's, you know, he's a lot of things, but one thing he is is a Star Wars fan. And, you know, he knows his stuff when it comes to these things. So I have no doubt that he's able to do the job. And I need people around me who I can rely on to to just, at the very least, just know their stuff. That's all I need to, and I can do the rest around them. Yeah, it's good to build sort of um, uh, complementary skill sets, right? Like, you, it's kind of good to have the eloquent person who can sort of string the show together, which I guess would be your show or your, your duty. <laughs> it's good to have sort of the uh, the human encyclopedia. Yep. Who someone could just like fact check you like on the spot sort of thing, which yep. well, maybe can sterilize the show a little bit too. Actually, yeah. it's a balance. <laughs> yeah, it's a balancing act. And then you need people with wild takes, and you need you need you need, yep. you need some fire in there. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's a it's a melting pot, and that's one of the things that Talk Star Wars has always done well, and something I'm keen to continue on with in some form, as much as I can. So, you know. Well, if you can bring he, the chemistry that you guys have on E14 and bring that element into TSW a little bit, we're then we're, we're on a they're onto a winner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're you gonna know. have a lot of fun with more. We're gonna have so much fun with TSW. Yeah, absolutely. There's I've already got some thoughts on how you know things can be things can be done differently, but I'm still working out the kinks and figuring out what's logistically possible and what won't result in ten times more work for me. <laughs> so <there's, laughs> it's you know. At the moment, it's all very much in flux. But you know, like I say, when when Talk Star Wars was when the the first decisions were being made about transition of power, for lack of a better expression, I don't really see it as power, but well, it's, it's uh, just changing ownership. Keys. Yeah, I'm. I, it wasn't just. Yeah, it, it, I I have to keep pointing out to. Um, I didn't just get the keys. I bought the car because I paid. I paid for this. You know, this is a this is a thing I bought right. into. Um. So this is why I guess I'm looking at it very seriously. Like I have to treat it like a business because it's, you know, it's an investment I've made. So I'm looking at people and saying like, can I, you know, can I rely on them to do this, the job I need them to do? And with Brad, he is one I'm, I'm 
I have no doubt will be able to, you know, will be able to bring his special brand of irreverence to talk Star Wars proceedings. And like you said, if we can replicate some of that chemistry on the Crazy Train podcast, dial down some of the uh, tangent dancing and <laughs> some of the uh, some of the choice uh, fruitier language, then we'll be onto a winner. And that's but that's what you that's what Crazy Train is for. Yeah, exactly. We that's, can still do that. Stuff. That's, that's what Sith Disturbers was for. I could not keep yeah. Corey from from expletive this and expletive that. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, exactly. You know. All right, guys. You know what? We're gonna need a dumping ground for these yeah. these thoughts in your head. So enter well, Sith yeah. Disturbers, and here you go. Just swear to your heart's content. Yeah. Well, that's um pretty much why uh, after Dark Side became a thing. You know, for a while, where it was Mark was kind of had other stuff he wanted to talk about before and after he'd have some fun story he wanted to share or some question he wanted to ask and after dark side became the the sort of the offshoot of that and it ended up being the ended up being the much swearier um by the end just you know devolving into silliness and desperately trying to make each other laugh with silly jokes and things like that that we wouldn't have been able to do on the main show because it would have just disrupted from the flow you know what's funny about that type of show though and it makes you wonder if you should do more of it like so some of the Sith Disturbers we've done have elicited some of the best and biggest volume of feedback. Yeah. Like you guys with Avatar did. Has there been another show episode of, of in the TSW family that has brought back more feedback than Avatar did? In terms of, no, I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't even say that it's, it's close. No. I'd like, say it's pretty, pretty runaway success that uh, in terms of the Avatar did episodes versus the other, certainly versus the other after dark sides. I don't recall another one that ever got a response like that to the point where I couldn't imagine any other After Dark Side where if you re-released it a year later, everybody would go, oh, yes, amazing. I'd be like, why am I listening to this crap again? <laughs> I heard this a year ago. I heard these dating yeah, exactly. texts a year ago. I did this. I did this. We did this. And I would advertise. It was like, yes, amazing. I love this episode. And it's bizarre to think that people can get so impacted by these, those, what seem what are kind of to us throwaway concept certainly but some, you know still shows that we take very seriously and still want to build as much quality in as possible but you know they're they're um afterthoughts in terms of you know we we get the main show done first and then if there's time we'll do an after dark side and then that one had this such resonance that i can't think of another episode of anything i've done that's had that much response <laughs> and that's that, equal uh, parts uh, like fascinating um depressing depressing i was gonna say discouraging maybe <laughs> not i mean that's not uh, the right word but it's like you put 95 percent of your energy into the main show to make that as kind of, that's the big deal right that's the cadillac of yeah of your property and then the afterthought show the dumping ground becomes generates something that resonates with everybody and you you yeah. wonder for a second do i need to do more of that mm -hmm. but then it's you know good sense prevails <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, uh, that's you know maybe there's a reason why people like it so much and that's because it's not the only thing that there is you know it's it's an it's another additional thing on top of a solid production of more kind of factual and news-based entertainment but yeah and i think well the key with that one is that steve just got so worked up Oh, he was fired up about that he particular was on subject fire that, that there's not a lot you get steve fired up about um to that degree and james cameron is one of the one of the few things james cameron animal rights pretty much those two exclusively <laughs> is the two <laughs> things you can, get him, you can get him excited about uh to that degree because i've met him a couple of times now 
because um, this is one of those weird things that people always find difficult to believe. But before, when I joined TSW, up until the first time we had a meetup, I hadn't met Jeremy, Steve, or Paul. I'd only, I'd only met Mark, and I hadn't seen Mark in about 12 years. Oh, my. And you, and you live pretty close. If, I, if my memory yeah. serves, you live close to Jeremy. Is that right? Next town over from Jeremy, about yeah. a, a couple of miles up the road from Mark and Steve. Uh, Paul is at the coast, so he's a bit further away. But uh, he works in the same place as me, in the same area. So, you know, if, when, if he doesn't work in the office every day. But theoretically, if he did, we could we could just go for lunch every day. There's no, it would be it wouldn't be a big thing at all. But it's weird to think that you know this this podcast these podcasts that we make that kind of reach the that connect people around the world and have give them a central place to to sort of get their news and entertainment and their takes. They can also be uniting forces for the people who actually do them as well to such that to that degree. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it, indeed. But how about that Brad guy? <laughs> Let's bring him back. Yeah, to anyway, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, like I say, he had to get a mention with it when it comes to this stuff because that period of time, that sort of mid to mid to late two thousands, where I was sort of learning my craft as a performer and working with him and collaborating with him, and then just being his, you know, and us just being friends as well outside of that, is a huge part of why I'm a, you know, why I'm involved in any sort of media related stuff now because it would I would never have got all that confidence and that experience and that you know, that sense of, I need to do this. This is so much fun that I would have got otherwise. And so for that, he has to be on the wall. He just has to be. Yeah. As everybody needs that person that whether they're still in contact or not, somebody who triggered that thing in you that you could do something creative and, and generate some sort of output. So for mm. me, like Corey was a part of that when we were kids. I mean, this goes back 30 years. And uh, with my two cousins who are part of the, our, our, our Tumbling Sabre group, Nathan and Jason, mm -hmm. we would sit in there sit, when we get together, which was not often. Uh, we would the four of, us, four of us would hang out together with a tape recorder, and we would record sound effects. Uh, we would record ourselves, and we'd make these idiotic little radio dramas. Yeah, and you know we would erase them immediately after. Sure, so maybe somewhere some, one of my cousins has a recording of something stupid we did. Uh -oh. That would be hilarious. <laughs> but but I think you know, the seed gets planted way back when to the point where, you know, year decades later you go, I could do a podcast. Yeah. I could sit there and, you know, that that thing was sort of built in my brain long ago where I decided I, I can perform to some level. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is it's one of those things it, you don't know. You might get an idea that it, that it might be the kind of thing you want to do. But it's not going to be something you're going to know you enjoy until you have actually have a go or you have some sort of connected experience or some transferable yes. skill. Yeah. Yeah, because without them, maybe I'm not sitting here today. Maybe. Well, we just have to thank them then, don't we? We have to be grateful for that in Absolutely. the same way as I'm grateful to Brad. And, exactly. You know, as a result, I've brought him on board. Awesome. So we're going to have to hear a lot more Brad in the future. Yes, you will. And, uh, you know, we'll podcast together in person or is it, it's just, it's not feasible. It's going to be more of a, uh, uh, it's a Skype deal. It's most likely going to be a Skype deal. Um, just because I'm still, I don't have, I already, even on the Skype level, I don't have the kit that Mark had yet. So I'm still working on getting some of those pieces to enable me to do certain things more easily. Once I do that stuff, 
I would imagine my home setup becomes more workable as well. Because at the moment, all the E14 podcasts are recorded in person. But it's actually proving quite difficult because there's a lot of... You can attest to this. And if you've done recordings in the in the room, you can attest to this, certainly. There's a lot of additional considerations that come in about how you arrange your space Absolutely. to not pick up other people's voice in your mic and stuff like that. And the, the E14 podcasts come with a lot of that extra baggage. So I don't want Talk Star Wars to fall into that same problem because that already makes a lot of work for me when editing. I don't want to, if I'm taking on an editing project, I'm going to take it on in the same way as I have with Talk Star Wars, you know, which is to say it's going to carry on being as it was in a sky, you know, in a remote sense. Because that also means I can bring much more easily bring in other people like Carlos or yourself or Rob Cast or Tim, anybody who's free and intra and free and willing, basically. Uh, it gives me a lot more freedom to bring people in if I've got already got the Skype setup going. Yeah. People can just join. Absolutely. You know? there's, there's an advantage to it. Like I, In my brain, I wish we could do the in-person thing all the time because I think the yeah. dynamic is just so much more natural. Mm. But the other, the, you're, you're right. The other considerations, like now you have to have a, a different piece of kit to accommodate three yep. mics. And yep. you can't just have this stuff sitting out every day. So you got to get it all out and pl- set it all up and get everybody yep. all sit down and, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it comes with a lot of extra. You know, like I say, there's definitely upsides to it. You're absolutely right that the natural, you know, the E14 podcast certainly have benefited from having a, everybody in the room as a natural kind of natural vibe. But at the same time, it comes with additional considerations on the other side, which make it more difficult. And in the same way, Skype has the same thing. You know, it's a not as relaxed and natural. A conversation like this is fine, but a, a group thing is a lot more probably people jumping over each other accidentally trying to get a word in, trying to get their sentence started, not realizing somebody's finished, that sort of thing. Yeah. Comes with a lot more, you know, it comes with different problems and different upsides and downsides. Yeah, it's almost easier just to pick one and just go with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, make a start with, uh, you know, for for now at least it will be, it will be starting with a Skype-based solution and then we'll see how sort of situations unfold. Yeah, because one of the things that, I, d- I came to, to realize that as much as I want to do it in person with, with Corey and Carlos and James and whoever is on. Yeah. Uh, because we record late at night, the idea of, you know, leaving the house or having people come over and drive, drive on a February night when it's yep. 25 below zero and it's Everything's freezing frozen. cold. Yeah. Who the hell wants to leave their house at that point? Right. Well, totally, yeah. And then we're I mean, done we... at twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah, got to go exactly. back out into that. It's it's yeah. it's unjustifiable. So, yeah, yay Skype. Yeah, too right. You know, this, these tools are wonderful in that respect because they just allow you to get everybody on in the same place, even though they're not actually in the same room. Exactly. All right, so three of four done. Your dad, your sister, and Brad. Yes. Let's round it out. The final one may not be a surprise to you, Carl. But it's Mark. Who? I know, right? <laughs> Come on, man. He's only bit, it's not even cold. <laughs> well, I mean, he did play Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill's a big name in Star not Wars. Not him. <laughs> not that much. As well you know. Come on, man. <laughs> no, it's Mark. Formerly the former head honcho of Talk Star Wars, Mark. So up until The Force Awakens, Star Wars in general had been pretty quiet. You know, there'd been a there'd been some video games and there'd been some books and there'd been some comics and there'd been bits and pieces, but there'd been no big 
movie events for what nearly f- well ten years. Yeah, you hit the Clone Wars series in there, but that wasn't yeah. for everybody. No, and actually, due to not having a lot of options with TV, I didn't actually catch the Clone Wars then at all. So you know, I've come back to a lot of that stuff after the fact. So my my fandom was still very much there, but it was very much subdued by things being quiet. And I went to see Force Awakens, and I enjoyed it. And I, you know, I did see the sort of the similarities to Episode Four and everything like that. But I still had fun with it as a movie, and I went to see it. I think three more times after I saw it the first time. So I obviously didn't hate it. It's just not. I can't say that with. I wouldn't be able to say that with a straight face. You don't go and see a movie four times if you hate it. You just don't. <laughs> Tell but, that to James. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I'm browsing. So I'm on my Facebook one day, and I'm just. You know, looking at my feed, and I'm looking at, uh, and I see a thing pop up from Mark. Talk Star Wars episodes must have been ten or eleven. The Force Awakens reaction show. It's like, well, I've got to hear this. So I so I subscribed, and I didn't have a Star Wars podcast at the time, so I picked it up and I sort of had a listen, and I started to, and I said, oh man, you know, these guys are these are on my wavelength, and I heard one of them. Oh man, what did I trying to think? They were they weren't bashing episode the prequels but they mentioned the prequels and i decided i'd write in as part of my email so i emailed in a question about episode seven and in the meantime i also gave them my ordering of how my films how the films were ordered in my mind at the time and they gave it you know they gave it a bit of a they busted my chops a little bit i think it's fair to say (laughs) uh, particularly about how high uh, i rated episode three in relation to the other movies but Mark was very much like, well, you know, if you want to tell us why you like episode three so much, this is happening on Twitter. This is probably around the same time as I discovered your your show as well, Carl. Because I was at that point, I was like, well, if this is a, this is a good Star Wars podcast, well, what other ones are there? So I went browsing around and I started to see who was interacting with Talk Star Wars, and I saw you pop up, and I thought, oh, I'll get these guys. And as soon as I got you guys, I was hooked as well. So, you know, I went from there to Gen X Wing, and eventually, you know, I had all the Commonwealth shows. Um, before subscribed. it was Commonwealth, yeah. Before a lot of them were before it was Commonwealth, yeah. Some of them were, you know, pe- people I had to check out for the first time. But certainly, um, Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, and Gen X Wing were the three that I was already aware of by the time the Commonwealth was a thing. And it it reinvigorated this kind of sleeping giant that was my engagement with Star Wars and my engagement with all of the movies, not just Episode Seven. But just everything, you know, and there's some of it is down to the fact that there was stuff to talk about again, which there hadn't been before. But a huge part of it was down to Mark and how much he kept me in the involved in the discussion over social media. And then within about two weeks of that email and me having written this piece for uh, about episode three, which I still got my shots busted about, even though I'd given them a perfectly good defense. Um, Mark messaged me and said, how would you feel about joining the show for for a bit? I said, I'd, I'd love to. That sounds great. You know, I have at this time I already had podcasts. So they were kind of sporadic in terms of how often we were able to record. So I was like, oh, you know, they've got a regular slot. I like the sound of this. I can get involved. And I saw my, you know, my interest in everything jump. I saw my Twitter following jump enormously when Talk Star Wars became part of my life. And, you know, Mark is the huge, the hugest part of that. He, you know, by the just keep it like I say, just getting me into the into the loop, keeping me there because I always thought I was going to be a, a sort of a bit a ringer for a few weeks 
while Jeremy was dealing with some something going on outside of the podcast. But Mark said, no, no, I'm, you know, if you want to stay on, you stay on. So not only did I stay on for, you know, two years now, but I also bought the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, right? Like you, when you first jump onto the podcast in, in 2015 or 2016, you, you it doesn't, the thought probably didn't enter your brain that. No, no. At some I point in 2018, off. you will be, will be the guy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was a weird, it was a weird situation. I went on, I jumped onto the call with Mark and with Steve at about 8.15. And then at 8.30, we were interviewing Anna Maria Leonte. <laughs> and this is my first ever interaction with anybody on Talk Star Wars was 15 minutes of chatting with Mark and Steve, and then an interview with Anna Maria Leonte, and then the Talk Star Wars podcast as normal. After which point, I think Steve had to nip off because of course and me and mark <laughs> yeah. so i think within maybe that week or maybe a couple of weeks later me and mark would it was just the two of us suddenly and it was this you know i would say these things and uh, you know just speculate or come up with theories and he would he would always not just engage with it and take it and consider it he would also challenge me to to go one further and to really kind of draw out these really tenuous threads of where stories could go and what things could be and he just made me better in every possible way when it came to being organized when it came to being a podcaster when it came to how to interact with your audience and how to how to really kind of grow a family around what you do and it's something i've struggled with a lot so you know i the the talk star wars following has always been very engaged it's not something i've always had the joy of having with emotionally 14 i've a lot of the times an episode has just felt like shouting into a vacuum uh we just talk and then it goes out there and that's it just lost forever because nobody reacts nobody engages nobody responds there were times when i couldn't even get the cast to listen to it uh listen back to the shows they were on or you know to share them and stuff so it was a completely different world for me and it made me, like I say, it made me better. It made me work harder to engage. And it made me pursue the people who engage that much more desperately to keep them on side, to keep them on board. And now, you know, two years later, I have three podcasts minimum, you know, with potentially more on the way. Who knows what the future might hold? And they're all, they've all got these engaged, passionate fan bases. Now, Talk Star Wars' fan base is much bigger than Emotionally 14's, but... The fact is, all all of them have people who feed back to me about how much they like or dislike the episode. All of them have people chucking questions into the mix. And just Mark is the biggest part of why that's now, now a thing at all. Because before that point, it was very much me just shouting into the wind, which you, I could do myself in a forest. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> I didn't need other people for that. You know, I could have... And he's one of those people who's very supportive when you're and a lot of the time it's because he's experienced these problems himself so when you're complaining about something he knows how you feel because he's had the same problem sure so when he you know when you're complaining about i don't really know you know i'll say to him oh man i don't know how much longer i can keep doing this show this one particular show because just i'm getting nothing back he'd say you know just try this and do that instead or speak to these guys and that's and that sort of thing and like i say he's just made everything that i am in that regard better and I'm that much better for it because of him. So he has to occupy, again, he's another one who just has to be on that wall because 
to be honest, we're not really talking about a wall of Star Wars now. We're talking about a mix of a wall of Star Wars and a wall of talk Star Wars. And this is, you know, that is a huge that talk Star Wars is a huge part of why this wall is a thing. And Mark is a bit. Mark is the biggest part of that. No doubt. I mean, I've never met Mark, and shamefully, we have never had a, a conversation together like this, a Skype call. I, I think I it's jumped. Weird, right? It's 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 embarrassing. It's a, a big regret that we never got to do it. We will. I will. I will, will get him on this show one day. Yeah, one way or another. It will be time. Um, but yeah, I mean, just observing Mark from across an ocean, and just seeing how how diligent and passionate he was and how disciplined and focused he was like i knew that he must have the tightest workflow ever oh yeah yeah i mean to, i can give you an to give you an idea of how tight it is all it took was for him to hand off this stuff and i just learned how much of this was organized behind the scenes and he would say right this connects up to this and that makes that happen it's like wow man like I, this is not stuff i'd have even thought to look into whether it's possible let alone actually make it work Right, yeah, like, it, 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 it must almost be exactly like dominoes, right? Where you, you tap one yeah. thing down and it, they fall down in series. Totally. For me, it's just yeah. like I, I, got, I push one domino down and then I, gotta, I go and push the other one down and then the other yeah, one yeah, is you're, just... You're, working with diff- you're almost working with different games. You have to push a domino down and you have to move that chess piece and then you, you, know, you have to roll your backgammon dice and before you know it, you've got all these different games going on and they, they, they probably do work together. Whereas Mark has figured out a way to make the domino flick over and knock the chess piece into place. And that's what rolls the, you know, that's what makes the dice roll. And he's got all that stuff figured out. He's puzzled it all out. And he's just like, it's, if you only knew how right you are about how diligent his workflow is and how tight his mind is when it comes to figuring this stuff out. If you only knew how right you are, my man. Yeah. So I'm always trying to tighten things up on my own end, but with very. Oh my. (laughs) There we go. Had to be one. Yeah, had, had to, to be, be just one. one. <laughs> um, yeah, just with with mixed results, but no, no doubt, Mark is just a huge inspiration for myself, and obviously for you, and yeah. I'm sure a lot, a lot of other people too. So yeah, and, and the great thing about this particular podcast is that there are no wrong answers. No, this TSW is, true. is a part of your Star Wars experience. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's 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 completely natural. I, I I would have been I would have fallen over dead if Mark wouldn't have been on the list. Yeah, I was like, said, "What do you do? Rob, what did gonna, he do? You're going to need a fifth face today, Mark, and I'm, it's going to be Mark." Yeah, what's going to happen in this handover? Like, <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> what are you not telling us? <laughs> what really happened there? Is he in your yeah. freezer? Did you kill Mark? If it had been the real mutiny that you alluded to when you busted <laughs> my chops on social media, then uh, you know maybe that would have been the case. But uh, no, he he's the, absolutely on on my list. He's you know he's a huge piece of that wall. No doubt. Yeah, I think he'd be a lot of, a, a piece on a lot of people's walls. I hope so. You know, it's it's no less than he deserves. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. And what's nice about him is he'll this will make this listening back to this will make him really uncomfortable. Yep. And I couldn't be and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I hope you're squirming, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably he's probably he's probably mad that you we there's that's it. There's no more. That's the four faces. So we could just talk about it's open ended now. We could just talk about Mark. Yeah, we can. This is true. Can do whatever. <laughs> Does he have a birthday coming soon? Uh I you know shamefully i don't remember i know it's sometime soon but i can't tell you off the top of my head all but right, he right. he sort of semi forgot mine so fair game <laughs> <laughs> he oh, messaged God. me very apolog- he messaged me very apologetically this morning to say that he'd forgotten my birthday which i would say to be honest i got so many messages from so many different people i don't 
it's like it's a bit sad to say, but I don't keep track of everyone who sent me a message. I remember a few, so he could have told me he'd done it, and I would have believed him. I think we now rely on Facebook to remind us when our friends' birthdays are. Very true. Except I yeah. removed my my name or my I I scrubbed my birthday from my Facebook profile. Yeah. So <laughs> now I, it's it's radio silence on that day. He is. Let's see. So his birthday is in July. There we go. Oh, July. Yeah, July made some sense, but uh, I couldn't remember exactly when. I know it's like summertime. It's not. It's not like a late, late year birthday. Do you think? Do you think he's hit the fast forward button yet? The, the fifteen seconds forward, fifteen seconds forward. On, on a... <laughs> We're still talking about yeah. you, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, man. Deal with it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You did this. <laughs> yep. You brought it on yourself by being so gosh darn agreeable, sir. <laughs> and prolific. Exactly. You know, just like I say, some of the stuff, when you look at some of the stuff he set up behind the scenes to make his life easier, you just realize what a smart dude he is. And, oh, yeah. It know, comes across immediately in, in, yeah. in, just, in just listening to him. Yeah. And he's, and he's obviously, you know, he's got impeccable taste in people he works with, people he collaborates with. I can say that with absolute certainty because, you know, I'm here, aren't I? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's he's got, he's very discerning when it comes to, what you know who he gets involved with and who he spends his time on so if you if you're somebody who he's given a lot of time to it's because he you know he he sees something in you that is worth the investment you know, worth, of time yeah and worth investing time in exactly because he's a man again he's another man who especially up until recently has been very very busy very very he keeps himself constantly challenged so if he takes time to do something for you or with you you take notice because he doesn't have to do that he doesn't yeah. have you know he has enough time he has enough pressures on his time as we all do you know he has enough pressure on his time that if he wanted to if you want to say look i'm really sorry i'm so busy you'd understand and you wouldn't even question it because it's true and, and that's to say nothing we, we've talked about the the how tight he can make things and how smart and organized, but that's to say nothing of the creative side where the guy wrote a screenplay. Oh, sure. Which turned yeah. into a novel. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote a screenplay. He was, you know, he's always got something on the boil is Mark. He's a, he's a, he's full of ideas and he's, I wouldn't even call it a failing. It's just, there are too many ideas to get down in the space of a human lifetime. So, you know, this is why he builds up these projects and then it's like time to move on to the next one and because he goes right this is as far as i can take this now now i need to either pass this on or let it drop and do something different because i have this other idea that's really you know and it's he's constantly looking to the looking to the future and planning ahead for the next whatever the next thing might be he's got the binary sunset happened. music playing in yeah. his head the whole the whole time oh i believe it if that's it would be very surprised if that's not the case well i think it's safe to say we are all much better with mark in our lives than without oh for sure yeah oh, god it's 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 been a, a blessing like what well, i didn't know when we did when we partnered partnered up to start the commonwealth mark was mark i didn't know just yeah the the, the force of nature that he he actually was yeah he's a he's a machine when it comes to this stuff all right well enough of that enough stroking <laughs> mark's ego god yeah <laughs> The guy's kind of twist. He's twisting up in knots now. Stop it, guys. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, you're so nice. <laughs> that's how he talks, totally. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard him before. All right, Rob. That's it. So your dad, your sister, Brad, and the aforementioned Mark. That's, that's a, that is a that is a pretty good list, man. And I think so. It is. It, 
the more personal, the better on this show. And yeah. that is a that is one hundred percent personal. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and that and it brings it brings together all the different eras of my life as well because we're talking about different eras of time in all of those cases. That's true, you know? right? That's your childhood, yeah. your your young yep. adult life, so, and now into yep. into like full blown adulthood, married life, podcast entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's and that's a lifetime of Star Wars, right? That this thing is going to yeah. be with us, hopefully forever. Hopefully, it doesn't lose us. In some form, it will be. It will always be part of my life in some form because, if nothing else, as we've talked about across the shows before, if you de- if you get to a point where you decide it's not being made for you anymore, you the other stuff didn't catch fire. The stuff it, before it, that point, yeah. so you've still got all of that stuff there ready for you. I, I, I suppose there could be a certain level of taint, right? Where it's like. Uh... There's just the notion of Star Wars, maybe that you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm burnt out on it all. But on I the guess. other hand, it could always just be like, that's kind of like my, my, my safe zone of Star Wars. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And you get, there's, again, it's one of those things. There's no wrong answer to that, that question. It's just, you know, everybody has a different sense of where it's going to, where it's going to hold their interest until, you know, we're lucky, we're lucky in the sense that we're going to keep looking at it, scrutinizing it at the very least before we, you know, before we give it up, we're going to be scrutinizing this stuff because it's our job, yeah, job being the uh, poor choice of words. But sure. it's it's our it, it's the role we we're born to fill. You know, yeah, we're I mean, going to be, that's, that's, going to be looking at this what stuff. What we jumped into here, it's yeah. interesting to see that maybe this is what's playing out in fandom now, right? Where people, especially in the last six months, where people are just so angry. Mm. I don't know if it. I mean, obviously, they're not going to get you know these people who want to strike episodes uh, six and seven. Or sorry, seven and eight from the record. Start over, dump them, start again. That's yeah. not. That's never going to happen. They're not going to get their way on that one, though. Um, so maybe it's just these people going through what we just spoke about. Is that maybe Star Wars is done with them? Yeah, and it might be that they 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 similarly can be done with it, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, there's no there's no bad sort of there's no bad approach to take with this stuff. I mean, there's bad ways to handle it, and we've seen some of those manifest. But you know, there's no there's no wrong answer to when is when is Star Wars when is there a, when is it enough? There's no wrong answer to that. You can watch one episode, you can watch 20 minutes of episode four and go, "This is too much for me. This is not right for me," and that's fine. You can be up to it until they stop making Star Wars in the 2060s, and that's fine too. Or you can stop somewhere anywhere in between, and that's also fine. Yeah, like think, one of the things I talk about on, on my show is that I don't know if I'm. I honestly, right now in this moment, I've never been a bigger Star Wars fan. I love it. And I find Uh myself verging towards almost being apologist for it. Where (laughs) where everything that they've put out since 2015, I've I've loved. And I'm not trying to love it when I don't really. It's just everything that's come out, I've been like, oh, this is, this is, it's it's really, I love this. It's it's hit me right where it needs to hit me. Yeah. But at some point, maybe it won't. And I, 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 maybe, but I, I have trouble picturing myself, you know, at age 60 or 70, will I still be this dork who just hinges <laughs> on these things that are made for kids? Will I be a grandfather and be like, Ooh, episode 25. Yeah. Yeah. It's really but weird to finally think about. getting, finally getting my Plo Koon standalone movie. <laughs> <laughs> They've literally run through every other Every other Jedi has run, been run through, and they've got their own spin-off. And Plo Koon is the last one, you know. It's, <laughs> it might happen. It might. It might one, one day. 
but you're absolutely right, right? There, there may be a point, and you know, to be honest, for all I know, it could be next year that I might go. You know what? That's as far as I need to go with it. But at the same time, I don't, I don't see it being the case. But certainly to the point where I'm like, oh, maybe it's the shine comes off it, and there, there will be a point where it, I'm just like, oh, I'm bored now. But I don't think don't see it happening anytime soon. But even when it does, there's no bad time for that. Say so there's this thirty plus year, forty plus year round of films and TV and games and books. There's so much stuff there, and include especially if you if you're not un, not averse to going back into legends, just appreciate them as stories, which I'm quite fond of doing from now, you know, from time to time. There's so much stuff there that you can always you're bound to find something you like and you can just hang on to that and it's not going anywhere you know those books will those legends books have always carried on existing they're just not the canon status has changed the books are still there and the stories they tell haven't changed in a single word yeah exactly and all that stuff is is still there to enjoy it's just a question of which bits you pick and choose and what's kind of nice about it is that there's so much to pick and choose from that you're bound like i say you're bound to find something that uh, that floats your boat or, you, or it's not for you in the slightest, and that's fine because we've never lived in a better age for choice when it comes to media. We've got so much stuff we to are, choose from. Yeah, it's it's drinking from the fire hose. Yeah, we've got you know not just the wealth of stuff that's coming out now. If you're a superhero fan, if you're a you know westerns seem to be making a comeback here and there. There's lots of good cool sci-fi. There's loads of great TV, high high production value TV. Sure. And we've also got the entire catalogue of cinematic history to pull from as well at our leisure. So I can go back and watch Mrs. Doubtfire, and I and I do, uh, anytime I want. And you know, we've there's never been an era in hi- human history, and I imagine that it will only be surpassed by next year and the year after. There's never been a better era for choice in terms of stuff you the entertainment options you can take in and across cinema, TV, books, games, music. There's this massive back catalogue to choose from, and there's even more new stuff than ever before coming out as well. It's just insane. Yeah, like we're about to cross this giant threshold, I think, in Star Wars, particularly in the next couple of years, where Favreau's got his thing, and Filoni's got at least one iron in the fire. Yep, now, there's the Ryan, Johnson's, Ryan, yep, Johnson. Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Benioff and Weiss have got at least two movies on the boil, or at least two things on the boil. I don't know what they are. But, you know, there's going to be this broad church of stuff to choose from just within star wars and then if you don't want to do that there's all this stuff outside of star wars as well because marvel's got its thing going there's dc stuff you know there's all these classic franchises that haven't gone anywhere they're still available to go back through and find if you want to enjoy them yeah lord of the rings will be coming back in a big way yeah exactly you know there's all this stuff there's so much stuff that you can just enjoy and that's great you know and i just wish that people there's a few there's like a, a few people like a small subset of the certainly on the social media side who just need to step back and realize how lucky they are that they have so much choice and just re- and relax and just let's say just just chill and just relax and just enjoy the fact that there's so much choice to choose from if you're done with star wars great there's some really good stuff coming out from star trek there's really good marvel stuff there's really good dc stuff there's other stuff for you to to give a go you know and if you come back to you know if even if you're done with Star Wars right now, that doesn't st- have to stay the case forever. You can come back to it any time, and it might still. You know, something else might have come out in the meantime that you really dig. They'll be happy to take your money then. But in the meantime, exactly. Yeah, 
invest your invest your your positive energy somewhere else like just yeah yelling into try a some, void try some that other things. yeah fire this person and strike that from the record you're yeah. achieving nothing and you're just yeah yeah it's it anyway i think we're lucky in the sense that you and i especially and we we did touch on this when we talked about it on the san diego sabers we have the best medium to have these long form more thought out discussions and we exist simultaneously on the medium that has possibly the worst form for these things which is twitter is yes. because it's 280 characters and no more so you have to condense it down and people don't tend to you know they don't tend to have the long form discussions over twitter because it's too quick everything's too instant we can have these discussions on podcasts and videos and things like that because we can control the pace and we can we have full kind of autonomy over how the discussion plays out on twitter you can be or even on like a Facebook group, you can be writing a comment that's perfectly well thought out. And then somebody, somebody else jumps in and calls you a chode. And, you know, <laughs> before you know it, you're being ambushed on every side and you're like, no, what to hell with it. And you just go into full on firebombing mode. Well, it's funny. I, I, you know, I was listening to, uh, um, I, I listened to some, uh, what's it? National public radio. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they talked to a guy who is a social justice activist Right. And he fired up his own podcast. I can't remember. Oh, it's Conversations with People Who Hate Me is the title right. of it. And what it is, is that you know, whether he's on Facebook or Twitter, when he's speaking about a particular cause, he invariably gets hate back. Sure. And instead of firing back or blocking or whatever, yeah. he engages with the people and goes, instead of us fighting about it here, which gets nowhere, why don't you come on my podcast and, yeah. and talk to me about it? We'll, we'll have an actual conversation. Mm -hmm. And so he brings people on board and usually you've got the hate up here on, on Twitter and Facebook, but when you bring these people into an actual face to face, it's a lot harder to justify you're not, it. You're not going to tell guys uh, bleeping this and that for, you know, when you actually are face to face with the guy, it doesn't happen. So no, the, it's the true. tone comes down, it levels out, it's more civil. Yeah. And you find a bit of a common ground, or even if you disagree, at least it's it's a civil talk, and maybe you've shared yes. some points of view. Yeah. And I think it's that maybe, of... it's not going to be me, but maybe there's <laughs> that, that, that podcast it needs to exist in Star Wars. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what Talk Star Wars becomes. Who knows? There you go. You know, it's, the, it's the one that mends the rift. <laughs> you need more work, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, clearly, yeah. I mean, I've just, you know, if there's one thing I'm clearly sitting there doing is twiddling my thumbs, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's time to, uh, I think it's time to wrap it all up here. Let you let you go have right. a, a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about five o'clock. So still plenty of, the day is still young, my man. <laughs> and yeah, definitely is here. I, I plan to go yes. outside and get some, get some rays and uh, I'll let you go have yeah, a birthday it, weekend. Cool, man. Well, it's been good chance to you. Oh, it's been great having you. And I mean, not that you really need to, but go ahead and plug away uh, the crazy train. And oh, actually, you know what? I got to thank you for for doing what you do on E14, for plugging our show there and for sharing our podcast episodes there. I haven't had the chance to properly thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. It's the whole point of that. The E14 endorsed program, which I, for those who aren't familiar, haven't heard it yet. It's basically just me sharing podcasts i think are worth sharing and the whole point of it is that you know it's one of those things i've i've noticed a lot of podcasts have websites and the only purpose of their website is to to just put up a blog post about a new episode and i was sitting there thinking i could do that for them 
And then if they want to keep their website going, they can. If they want to shut their website down, they can. They're still getting their podcast out there. They can still continue to run Twitter and Facebook and any old associated stuff they want to do. They can have a LinkedIn for all I care. Um, quite why you would is beyond me, but it's you know it's an option, certainly. But that's the whole point of this program is it's people I see who have a who have a who have a show worth sharing, and just giving them an opportunity to maybe get a few more eyes on what they're doing, and hopefully it's having an effect. I I haven't had a chance to actually ask you if that's worked. You know, well we're two episodes into that experiment, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm always experimenting on my end my, myself. Like, should I yeah. put? Let me put it here this week and then see. And I. Mm-hmm. I'm too dumb and too lazy to go and analyze those results and see what's working, what's not. <laughs> but generally speaking, it can't hurt to share your your episodes Absolutely. anywhere and everywhere yeah. you can. Yeah, indeed. It's uh, yeah. I say it's it's my pleasure. You know, it's it's something I've been very much. I've been sitting there thinking there must be some way for me to to leverage what I did, what I the platform I have to to help out. And then I think it was in the Commonwealth Twitter discussion there was there was talk of how can we get things in more eyes and i'd been thinking about this behind the scenes already i think i just shared out a pitch that was just like this so this is what i'm thinking about doing if you guys want to be included that's cool you know just let me know and i'll i'll make it happen so and you were the first person to come back to me and say yes and actually send me material to use so you know it was a no-brainer that you would be the the sort of the people who drove that forwards happy to do it man thanks a lot for doing that well no it's my pleasure and where, uh, people know all about Talk Star Wars and where they can find you there. But uh, go ahead oh. and plug it all anyway. Crazy Train, T- TSW, let it loose. I'll do the works. So uh, you can find me on the following social media platforms because there are a lot of them now. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rob Wade Vision, which is my personal account. And then I'm also at Emotionally14 and at Talk Star Wars on Twitter. I'm at Talk Star Wars on Instagram. Uh <laughs> I have two websites, emotionally14.com and talkstarwars.co.uk. There's Facebook groups. There's Facebook pages for Talk Star Wars and Emotionally 14. There's Facebook groups for the uh, Crazy Train and E14 Gamecast now. So they've got their own separate Facebook groups, which are spun off from the main page. You can find all of that stuff on iTunes. So there's Emotionally 14 has two, two podcasts, I think three video series. I don't produce them all, but I do publish them all. Uh, so yeah, this basically if you're a, if you're a geek or anything kind of a, vaguely associated with that, I make something you might like. <laughs> so, doesn't matter what your interest is; it's probably something it probably covered somewhere on those websites. So, you know, um, at Rob Wade Vision on Twitter and Instagram is the best place to find it all because I share out from every everything from there, as a matter of course. So you know, let's let's connect on social media and all that jazz. Well, you know, in in comic books, they like to say that certain places are a good jumping on point yes this is a good point good i mean we have a lot of crossover in our listenership totally but if you're if you don't if you haven't jumped onto tsw yet now is a good time to do so and and get on with rob at the at this ground level as he builds it up into something spectacular hopefully yeah i hope to you know like i say my plan is to continue the good work that mark did but also put my own spin on it and see if i can you know do a little do it do it a little differently and hopefully just as good so we'll see how that goes. We have faith. Well, that, that is very clear from the messages I've had, and I'm very grateful for it. No, man, it's a credit to you, man. We, 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 we see how hard you work and how talented you are at this whole thing. So we know, we know TSW will be in good hands. Well, that's nice to hear. I appreciate it. All right, guys, that'll do it for another month on Worthy of Recognition. My thanks to Rob. Good to Thank have you, you. everybody. And uh, we'll talk yes. to you next month. Goodbye, then. Goodbye, then.